Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan Zone Podcast. Delighted to have you all with us for our fiftieth episode. Would you believe? Um, and, and what better way to mark it than the guests we're joined by this evening? So we're joined by, of course, the one and only George Johnston. So thank you very much for joining us. No problem. We, Thanks uh, for having me. No, we really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to come and talk to us. Um, it's it's massively appreciated. If you are watching along at home. Uh, then get your comments and whatnot in on the chat and you'll uh, be able to ask George uh, a question in the viewers section. Uh, so, of course, get your questions in as we go along. Whatever you want to talk about, drop it in and we'll we'll pick them out. But without further ado, I suppose we'll get started. Um, so we have, a, we have a bit of an initiation for the podcast. Um, so... Imagine you're waking up on a Sunday after a, a pretty heavy match and you're, you're fancying a full English, we've had a full Welsh, we've got full Scottish. Uh, what is, uh, what's going on your plate? Um, well, a full English, not a full Scottish. Um, but I've not had one for a few weeks since my injury. I have to watch what I eat now. But um, I'd have sausages and bacon, fried egg, beans, hash brown, um, mushrooms, but not, not a big one. I'd have like... The, the smaller ones chopped up, um, yeah, and then then white toast and extra butter. I like I like extra buttered bread, so that that's probably it. Is that something you made for yourself, or is your missus? Is your missus good at that stuff? What's that? Sorry? Is that something you do yourself, or is your missus good uh, at that yeah, stuff? My missus cooks most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a good lineup. It is a, a very very good lineup, and we will kick off with Angie's quick fire questions. So it's warm up time. Nice quick answers. Yeah. Don't have to think about it too much. Really easy questions. Yeah. Are you ready, George? Sorry, Jono. Yeah. Starter or dessert? Uh, Starter. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Indian or Chinese? Indian. And then you just think it's the Scottish thing, which has thrown me a little bit, but I in brew, love it all over. Uh, Neither. Oh, okay. Um, favorite favorite kit of this season of ours. Uh, the away one. Pre match suit and tie or tracksuit. Oh, suit and tie. Suit and tie. Can you expand on that? Can you expand on why you prefer the suit? I got. I got to ask him. You know, quick fire questions. No, Colin. All right. It's just. I like the routine when you don't put it on every day. You might wear a tracksuit every day for training when you're putting on your suit, you know, it's a different mindset. So I like Get it. it. You fasten your top button on your shirt. Um, yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. Very naked. Um, VAR, yes or no? No. Um, best stadium you've ever played in? Probably Feyenoord Stadium. It's probably the biggest, biggest I've played in. Or Wembley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of yeah, them two. Yeah, yeah. Shout. Um, 
past Fulham player you'd most like to play alongside? Uh, probably Campo. Yeah. Oh, can, we, can, can I ask why? Oh, another quick fire question, and you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> can I love Yeah. No, I probably after playing in that charity match, um, forgetting oh, yeah. a couple of seasons back. Yeah, probably, probably from that. Yeah. Got a bit, a bit pretty yeah, decent. You can still add a bit about him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then final one for me. I finish all of our players like questions with who for you is the goal. Ronaldo. Colin will want you to elaborate. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'd love him to, but I've got an idea what he's going to say. But go on, guys. <laughs> why, why Ronaldo over the real goal? Uh, you probably get annoyed at this, but I'm a United fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might walk. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, starting off with a, a couple of quick questions then, George. Obviously, he started off at Liverpool. Um, yeah. MJ said that he saw talent in you. Um, yeah. Did you have one of the self-belief from a young age that you were going to make it? Yeah, probably when I was younger, because you don't think about where it's going to kind of end up much when you're like 9, 10. When you're in an academy, you just think it's, you know, the natural progress that you're going to make it to the first team one day. But then, yeah. you know, as you get older, you've got to kind of be more realistic and see what what your other options are. So, you know, I did one in school as well, you know, as a backup. Um, but yeah, as I got older, it was definitely something that I wanted to pursue and, you know, become a professional footballer. Excellent. Mm. So thinking about MJ... Obviously, the connection at Liverpool, <clears throat> as you probably know, we had him on a few yeah. weeks ago on our podcast, Jono. Um, you said you were weird. <laughs> I'll elaborate on that a little bit and we'll, yeah, we'll dig into it. Like, he actually said at first that you were, this is at Liverpool, he said you were really, really quiet Yeah. at first. And then you kind of started to come out of your shell a little bit. Yeah. And he said, then I realised that he was a bit weird. What, what, does he, what does he mean by that? Can you do you understand? What weirdness. Yeah, I think everyone's got a bit of weirdness, weirdness yeah. in them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, uh, I'm good mates with MJ. Spend a lot of time with him, so he probably sees that more than others. But um, yeah, when I came, when I first played with him at Liverpool, he was three years above me, so he was kind of a, I was kind of scared of him a little bit, um, <laughs> sort, sort of thing. But you know, now we're good mates now. Brilliant. Is it is it your sense of humour? Because I I've noticed it with interviews and stuff that you you've got a bit of a I don't know bit of a dark sort of humour. Yeah, to, yeah. So I can be quite blunt, and then some lads have said they don't know if I'm joking or not because I can say jokes and just keep a straight face sort of thing. So <laughs> you kind of don't know how to take me, but I like that. <laughs> it's quir it's quirkiness, George, isn't it? That's the good yeah. personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, so you were really quite young when you moved to Feyenoord. Um, was that a tough decision to make at that time with you being so young to kind of move away from home and things? Um, well, at Liverpool, it kind of wasn't progressing. I kind of knew that like that was kind of the, my last season, but I was looking to see if there were any loans about or anything so I could get some experience and then just kind of one night, you know, I got a phone call from like the um, head of recruitment or something at Liverpool and just basically said, 
we've accepted an offer for you. So I was thinking, oh, it's going to be someone in, in England to wonder who it is. And then, then he goes, oh, it's final. So from that was kind of a Monday night and Tuesday it kind of snowboard quite quickly. And I think Wednesday about 6am, I had the first flight out of Manchester to Amsterdam. So um weren't, weren't too much time to think about it at the time but by by my dad came with me and by Thursday my dad had left and then I was in a different country on my own driving on the other side of the road and you know just kind of sink or swim type of thing so so yeah but, but culturally it's not not massively different to the UK but there are some differences aren't there how, how did you find it culturally um I liked it to be fair really enjoyed it um you know um they're quite good with the English language. The, I think they're they brought up in school learning it. So, you know, there wasn't really a language barrier. Um, the lads um, at the club, they were from all over the world. So English was the most spoken language within the club. So that side of things was quite easy. The food similar, but the only main difference, you know, driving the other side of the road and the bikes, there's so many bikes, you have to make sure you don't hit, hit people. So, but yeah, it was, it was quite smooth, really. Did you pick up any Dutch? Yeah. Um, quite a bit like in terms of football so I could play like a game and understand and talk talk my way through a match um I could understand it better I could speak it because it's quite it's quite a difficult language um to like pronounce the words it's quite you know back of your throat sort of stuff so um yeah I could go into a coffee shop order my coffee but when he spoke something back then that's where I'd come stuck and then just you know, <laughs> have a nice day yeah. <laughs> exactly um, did you relish the opportunity to make your name for yourself over in, in Holland and uh, did do you have any regrets kind of looking back at it all, John? Um, going over there, I kind of thought, right, they, they want me, they've bought me, so I'm going to be straight in the first team. But, you know, it, it, when I was there after a few weeks, I realised it was the opposite of that. It was kind of, you know, they've bought a young player for the, for the future sort of thing. But, um, you know, I trained as hard as anyone else. Every day I was on the... I was like for most of the time there on my own. So I'd spend extra time in the gym, etc. Um just just working, but no, I definitely had no regrets. I'm trying to make trying to make friends as, as, as much as you possibly yeah. can. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a club though, isn't it? Like let's be honest, like yeah, but arguably one of the biggest clubs in, in kind of Europe, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. Huge. Did you feel that? What was uh, um yeah. Um, I think the first, within the first week, I was walking down um, through the town centre and I was stopped by, you know, quite a few people asking for photos and sort of stuff. And that's the first kind of exposure I had to that. So that that was different, different in a way. But yeah, you don't kind of realise how how big a club it is until you're there. Yeah, I can only imagine. What was the best part about about playing abroad, and would you recommend it to other players that are perhaps you know weighing up their options between experiencing football in Europe or staying at home? What advice would you give to to someone? Um, it's, it's kind of tough. So if you if you go and you have to kind of you know jump right in, you can't just dip your toe in sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I loved it because as a whole, the city was good. You know. Um, and you know that that club, it's kind of as big as it is. It is kind of a close knit with fans, players, and then the group within itself. It was all tight knit, um, members of staff and the players. So, um, any advice? Just you know, jump right in. Don't don't go in half heartedly. I was going to say, did you give that advice to Dapo when he obviously moved to Germany? Not obviously, it's a different country, isn't it? But I guess it's a similar type of move, yeah. isn't it, I would imagine. Yeah, um, things happen like really quickly in football, so didn't really have the chance to speak no. to him 
um, like I said, with my move to Feyenoord, it's kind of sort sort of overnight sort of stuff. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it'll be obviously similar similar stuff for him. Um, it's kind of similar cultures. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess if you're getting snapped up by a European club, it's a massive compliment as well, isn't it? To to run with like as much as anything else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How did so obviously you spent some time over in Europe and then you came back home. How did that move to Wigan come around? Were you seeking a move back to England or or did Wigan sort of come to you and and, and register their interest? Yeah, that was just through my agent, that one. Um, I wanted to come and play. I mean, I could have gone on loan the, the summer before. <laughs> the manager at the time just wanted me to, to stay around with the group sort of thing. So, But I was kind of desperate to, to start playing reg regular football then. And, you know, it was just... It was just a massive positive that it was back home, really. I wouldn't have minded if it was elsewhere in, in Europe, but back home to Wigan and close to home, it was um, it was ideal. Wow. Yeah. How much of a... I mean, I'm not very knowledgeable on this at all, but how much of a, a role do agents play in, in getting players out and about there? Obviously, I can imagine it's a, a rough business, football, and not, like you said things happen really quickly. So how important yeah. are agents in getting people moves? I think really important unless unless a team's come directly to you wanting to buy you or loan you then you know they're the guys that do all the work if no one's come to you they're the kinds of kind of guys that are, are touting you out to other clubs saying listen we've got we've got this player he wants to play um he needs to play sort of thing and yeah thankfully you know um he got me to Wigan so busy it's they'll be busy all the time as well I guess because essentially every footballer wants to play football don't they really you know, yeah that's, that's the key to it all isn't it really so they're yeah. busy, busy guys, kind of bridge, bridging that gap between the players and, 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 and the clubs. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned that, obviously, it was almost a relief coming back to your home country. Um, was it still a difficult sort of move back? I mean, was there any kind of feeling of, you know, anything that you'd unfulfilled or, you know, that you'd not achieve what you wanted to by going over to Feyenoord and having to come back did you find it difficult in any way um again that was like one of them ones where I got a phone call in the morning and by about five o'clock in the evening I was on a flight back so again not much time to process but yeah obviously I didn't play as much as I wanted at Feyenoord but the experience was un unbelievable and you know I've still I've still been back there with the missus for you know weekend break and sort of stuff to see my mm -hmm. mates there keeping in contact with them so um just to make you have to kind of be ruthless at that at a certain stage if you're not playing yeah. but you like love a club you kind of have to kind of what's best for me and not not for the club sort of thing so that was the best for me at the time what um what other stadiums did you play at george when you were in holland um uh amsterdam arena for ajax that, that's a good one um porto was good csk moscow because when you're open, awesome. so we travel travelled quite a bit, yeah. So of course, yeah, you'd have played in Europe, would you? Yeah. yeah. So that the, the portal ones are drag out, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a yeah, good atmosphere yeah. there, yeah. Isn't it that, yeah? And what are the fine old fans like? I mean, if you put it put it into I know it's different size of fan base. I mean, what yeah. does fine old hold? Fifty one thousand or something yeah. like that. It's a whole different, you know, scale of supporter base, but how do they compare? as away fans to because obviously we're at Bolton yeah. notorious for having a 
an excellent away following, even yeah. though what Derby County say. Um, <laughs> how, how do they compare as supporters? Are they very, very similar, the English and Dutch supporters? Um, over there, they kind of have, they're kind of big on the ultra, you know, ultras, old school sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, misbehaving after games, you kind of go to away away games for trouble more than watching the actual football. But, um, yeah, in terms of, like attendance sort of stuff, like away fans would be similar to what you guys bring. Um, but yeah, the, the home supports, obviously, on another level. Hmm. Superb. We are going to dive into some viewers' questions. Um, so if you are watching at home, pop yours in uh, and we'll pick some of them out to have a read. Um, we've had one from Liam and he said, is representing Scotland uh, an ambition or just something that would be a welcome addition? I was actually thinking about that um, recently and I'd, I'd love to play for Scotland. Um, but I think, you know... I'd have to be playing consistently and consistently well in, in the championship. Um, I don't really think they come down to League One to, to look at players um, at the moment. Obviously, they've got quite a good squad and the majority of it's Premier League Premier League standard players. So, um, it's something that, you know, I would love to do, but I'm going to have to help Bolton get to the championship before I can start looking at that. So, you rely, you're going to be relying on your mates quite heavily for that this season, George, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And to ensure that they reach your your expectations. Where does excuse me, ignorance? Where does the link come from? Is it your uh, mother's uh, dad? My yeah, my dad's dad to my granddad. Yeah. Nice. And just for context, Jono, who 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 would you be vying for a position with in the in Scottish international team right now? Uh, I think it's Kieran Turney because they play a back three and he plays left side of that. I think. Right. I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah. Oh, you should be all right. He's not getting much game time at Arsenal, is he? So you'll be all right when you get back, won't you? He might be on loan in Championship by then, might he? He's yeah. like, a bit of a rough trip, isn't he? So he'll be competing with it. What, what's that feeling like, uh, or what would it be like sort of getting that phone call? Obviously, Sheehan has just had it. Uh, I think Iredale has had it as well for, for Australia, and obviously Toll and Dion. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you'll speak about it in the group. Does that sort of put everyone on a bit of a high yeah I, th I think it would I remember we're getting called up to the under 21s and that was still you still had that buzz and you can't really compare playing international teams to playing in a league it's like it's a whole different experience you know mm. um it's kind of like you're flying into a different country staying there tonight getting the business done and just flying straight back out it's kind of like a business trip sort of thing um can't really compare it. It's, it's yeah, I'm kind of jealous of those guys in a way, you know, that I get to go on to international now. But you know, hopefully I'll get there. Because uh, Josh Josh is going out to is it Latvia? Is that where he's travelling yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was speaking to Toli before. I think he's in Slovenia now. Is he? Uh, yeah. I can I can definitely see that jealousy element because I think I, I think I'd be a little bit like that if I were playing. I think if you've not had it before, then you you don't know what it's like. But because I've had it in the past. Right. The 21s, then I can, I kind of want it again, sort of thing. I think yeah, the only thing I can compare it to, Colin, is like imagine when you're at school and all your mates went on a school trip. Right. Luckily, I would never imagine it. I can imagine it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a proper uh, bolt. You say. <laughs> uh, Brandon has asked, "Who was your biggest football inspiration growing up?" Oh, I like that. 
Well, because I, I support United, so I watch United every week when I was little. I used to watch Vidic, um, kind of non, no nonsense defender, old school type. So I used to, you know, idolize him growing up. Yeah, was, is that uh, different now? Do you have a a different idol now? Someone that you look up to that's perhaps playing um, today? Uh, not really. I kind of just watch football in general now. I wouldn't say I have an idol. I like watching John Stones, obviously, because, um, yeah, he's just so good. Really, I, I really like watching him, and you know, the, all the City players. Really, um, I think the way they play and, and everything, something that we we lads can aspire to. With you know how the gaffer wants us to play, sort of thing. So. Yeah, I like watching City's defence and, you know, John Stones in particular. John Stones is a good one as well because he's played in the lower leagues, hasn't he? As well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you can pay reference to that, can't you? Uh, Will has asked, in your opinion, what attributes of yours complement the others that play in the back three, like Santos or Toll or Geth and whatnot? Um, I think in, in the back three that are playing, um, the outside centre-back, they can be quite aggressive. Because, you know, you've got Rico behind you, where if it was a back four, then you're kind of thinking, right, do a go, don't a go, do a stay this time sort of thing. So I think I'm a decent front foot defender, aggressive. So, you know, playing in the in the free with Rico behind me or Owen, whoever it is, um, it gives me the licence to do that. So I think that, that complements quite well. I think, as an observation, your aggressiveness, aggressiveness, that's a word, isn't it? Your aggressiveness. Aggression. Yeah. Aggression, yeah, sorry. I think that's come on in my eyes yeah. in the last 12 months or whatever. Uh, yeah. you, is that something you've worked on? Am I right with that? Have you worked on yeah. that? Or? Um, it's, it's kind of just I think I think the main thing with that is is knowing who I'm coming up against. So, like, kind of my first season in League One coming right. up against different teams, different strikers, it'll be the first time, but now I've come up against them two, three, four times. I know their strengths and weaknesses, sort of thing, and I know where I can, when I can be aggressive and when not. And something that's massive for me, I don't really like getting yellow cards because I feel like if I've got a ye yellow card, then I've I've missed time to tackle. I'm too slow. I've not read the game properly. So mm. I, I, that's something I keep my eye out for as well. And you know, yeah, I guess yeah, you, you don't never, you'd only ever get booked for that one, young, unless you like descent, which is yeah. increased increased this season massively, and it descent. Yeah, I'd have a few this season yeah. if I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, William has asked, what's the be best atmosphere that you've been involved with at Bolton? He said, apart from Wembley. Um, I think for a home game, I'd say the playoff semi-final, you know, just, just the walking out. Um, and it was just like, it was like a cauldron. Obviously you had, you had the massive flag. Which I don't think you guys were a fan of. I heard it's quite hot underneath there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, that was quite loud. But you know, as an away <laughs> one in in League One, I, can't, I like playing at Ipswich, Portman Road. I think that's a good ground, and Ipswich mm -hmm. fans usually sell it out. And we kind of how for how far it is, we bring a decent back in there as well. And you know, the fans are tight to the pitch and everything. So when you're going to get the ball for a throw, and you're getting quite a bit of stick mm -hmm. off the, the opposition opposition fans. But yeah, I, li I like them two games. Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy that, George? That that bit of banter with the with the fans. That, yeah, that, yeah, I do enjoy that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, you did it when you scored against them, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I did everything there. Yeah, that was. You contradicted myself. I've never never seen that side of you before. It was like it got yeah. proper. Like, all the all the fans like really pumped up. It was uh, yeah, it was quite a comical moment though. <laughs> 
Well, he hadn't, he hadn't actually, he hadn't been with us long though, Chris, had he? Yeah. That point, I suppose. No, it was so. quite early on that game, yeah. Did you mean that finish? Obviously. By the way. Uh, I think I went to head it and that got blocked in it and then I just swung my right foot in it. Yeah. <laughs> that could have <laughs> gone anyway. It's in hope, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They all count. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, as a fan, those sorts of things really, you know, pick us up and, and spur us on. But on the yeah. adverse side of that, as a player, just how much do you feel the fans behind you? And 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 if you could sum it up, what's what's the feeling that that it brings you? Um, it's kind of like a buzz around your whole body. I feel like I think the biggest time I felt it was Barnsley away in the league. Um, I think we took three, three and a half thousand there, and yeah. kind of we. I think we just drew away to Lincoln. Uh, drew to Derby so it was kind of like we weren't doing bad but we weren't doing good either and they were mm-hmm. Barnsley were doing decent at the time they were just above us and we we felt like going there if anything we were the slight underdogs and I remember um, I think Kieran Lee was the captain on the day and we do a huddle um, before each game and Kieran's not the biggest of talkers so we get in a huddle then he just goes right Jono take it away and I was like oh Cheers for that, Kieran. <laughs> I just remember saying to the no lads, pressure. Yeah, exactly. I just remember saying to the lads, you know, the fans behind us today, it's just giving me a buzz. Like, you know, they've they've come here on, New, I think, it wasn't New Year's Day. It was the day, it was after, the day after New Year's same Day. Same sort of thing. It was um, birthday, like yeah. New Year's Day. So, you know, let's let's do it for them more than anything. So, yeah, it is. it just gives you a massive adrenaline rush. So I went to that game with Chris. Yeah. I said to Chris, I said, we'll, 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 we're going to win this today, I can assure don't, you. Don't say what I said. No, I won't say <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't I was thinking, confident, shall we say. I, I was thinking about that draw against Lincoln and that draw against Derby, and it's like, and that, like you said, their form was yeah. like peaking, wasn't it, at that yeah. point? And we, yeah, we just took them to pieces that day. We were amazing. Yeah. It was a brilliant, brilliant away day, that. Great day, that was great day. And it was, I say, it was my son's birthday. He's just popped a comment in the chat. So you made his, that, well, the team made his day that day. He loved it. So cheers. Um, Dan has asked, who is the most technical player at Bolton or the most technically gifted? Um, probably Josh Ian. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you can give him the ball under any circumstance. When you're on the pitch, you could have a man right up him or you know two men on him and you know you'd still trust him to give him the ball and to have that little level of trust off the other players you know they've got a you know you've got to think you have a decent technique so i'd, I'd say she's yeah can go either way can't he that's the case yeah so exactly yeah quite comfortably as well like yeah special special uh, liam has also asked which player or striker has given you your biggest problem uh that you've played against so far um, and was there anyone that's just unplayable on their day in League One? Um, I think when I first came, um, you know, playing against the big physical strikers, that would cause me my biggest issues. So, like when Michael Smith was at Rotherham, sort of thing, um, I didn't know anything about him, and then I just played against him, it was like, oh. Jesus, like he's he's a big lad, but um, yeah. Now I've I've sort of been able to cope with that a lot better. But um, when I was at Wigan, we played against Blackpool, and Gary Medine was there, and that was my second ever start um, ever. And the managers went right wherever he goes today. You follow him, set pieces, corners, just anywhere on the pitch. You follow, you follow him, and he gave me like he was a tough 
tough guy to play against. Um, yeah, kind of bullied me quite a bit and we lost 5-0. Uh, but yeah, so probably the big physical strikers, but um, yeah, I've, I've learned to cope with that a lot, a lot better now. Uh, we've got one more and it's from Liam and he said, what regime of fitness are you undertaking, if any, and, and what's sort of the go-to for players that are out injured, you know? Is it a case of just letting injuries heal or, or how do you keep on top of it? Uh, it's, it's quite tough at the moment because um, of kind of having to relearn stuff that my body has been able to do for the past 25 years, like walking and stuff. Um it's kind of like when when something like that happens, your brain kind of shuts your muscles down around your knee um, and goes into overdrive, so your muscles don't work. So I've had to kind of relearn how to use their muscles and relearn how to walk. And you know, you don't really realize that walking is actually quite a technical thing um, mm. until you actually can't do it. Um, so mm. a lot of like walking pattern sort of stuff, and then you've got to get your legs strong as possible to protect that knee from now on. So. I'm starting slowly, um, like lower sessions and then cardio sessions are quite tough, but I've still got like seven months. So there's, you know, plenty of time to get to get my fitness right. You, um, you're not obviously, you're not on your own in terms of players who, at the club who've had that injury either, yeah. George. Obviously, Josh has had it as well. Yeah. Any other, is there any others as well that have been? Yeah, that? Jack Idale had his, he's, Jack Idale's done his three times when he was younger, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to say to you then, you should ask, because obviously when you were a young young lad watching Bolton in the Prem, we had Ricardo Garda play for us and he did it three times in his career. So yeah. I was going to say, you could do with asking the club to put you in touch with Ricardo yeah. and he'll give you some tips. But obviously if you've got Jack Idle as well. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I've lent on them two quite a bit already, yeah. I bet, yeah. but It's good that you can do that though. It's, it's a lonely yeah. place. I should imagine kind of being yeah. out of the loop a bit and... You need that yeah. support to get through these sorts of times. Yeah, it's weird. It could be like I could have like three days where I'm absolutely flying, walking normal, and then all of a sudden I just I can't walk again. I might feel like I need my crutches again. It's just nice to ask them, like, oh, how was it for you? And they were like, yeah, it's completely normal. You have bad days, yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's just that, yeah, re reaffirmation that yeah, it's normal. Yeah, yeah. So kind of exactly. Yeah. Do they point you in the direction of your PlayStation or your Xbox a lot of the time? Is that what they're doing? Or? Uh, but I'm, I'm yeah. still in just as much as the other lads at the moment, so it's not like... I think for the first week I was sat you know, on a sofa all day, but the way I see it, even playing the PlayStation, it's it's like brain training, so that's what I tell them mm. this is anyway. No, I don't have the patience for football manager. <laughs> yeah, you need patience for that one. Yeah. Um, right, let's get on to you move to Bolton. How did yeah. Georgie Johnston become a white? Tell us about it. Well, it was after um, alone with Wigan. I um, I went back to Holland because um, I, I was out of contract, so I still had my place over there, so I kind of didn't know what was going on. And then it was, um, I think Bolton had been in touch with my agent and... Then next thing, yeah, phone call off the gaffer. And then flew back home a few days later. Um, had to quarantine for five days because it's still COVID rules. <laughs> yeah, and then, so I think quarantine finished on a Wednesday. Had my medical Thursday and signed Thursday evening. Quite, quite, quite simple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes against what I've had. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't seem like you've had any transfers that have sort of dragged out for any length of time. It all seems to be getting business done quite yeah, quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's been... always better for a player, though, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of knew, had a clearer idea of where I was going kind of a week in advance of the pot instead of like just overnight sort of thing this time. You, you kind of answered what I was going to ask you because I was going to say, did it take you long to decide to move to Bolton? But obviously, it doesn't sound like it did, to be fair. No, it was like, obviously. Wigan wanted me back sort of thing, um, but that didn't materialise because um, I just felt Bolton wanted me more. Um, and, you know, after a phone call with a gaffer, a lot of people say they have a phone call with a gaffer and, you know, yeah. it's kind of like um, it makes their mind clear they want to go there and that's what sorted it out. But the way the gaffer spoke with me um, and just, you know, he told me he was a centre-half and been up up and down the football league and you know mm. who better to learn off than someone who played in my position and you know went from league one championship to the prem sort yeah. of thing so that was a massive massive thing for me yeah is it you what why i always think is like if a manager's ringing you it's like a sales pitch but is it, yeah. is it, like, is it more is it more than that because we've obviously gone some more detail on it yeah i guess so I've, i feel like with our gaffer it was kind of like making you want to play for him and Bolton sort of thing, you know, the attractive style of play and everything. And I think after that phone call, I literally went on YouTube and watched every highlights from that whole season that you just played in. And I was like, yeah, right, this is this is where I'm going sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it was quite simple and it, it was refreshing to kind of have that, that, that in my head without having to, you know, make a, a quick decision overnight. So you're watching like YouTube videos and stuff, I guess that kind of reconfirms it in your mind that you're making the right choice. Can you, can you like... Can you can you um, see yourself, envision yourself in in that in in the team by watching highlights? Is that what you're kind of alluding to? Yeah, it's just like you have a lot of teams in these lower leagues that just get the ball from the keeper and boot it as far forward as you can and try and just fight for it, sort of thing. And it was kind of refreshing that watching him. It wasn't that wasn't going to be the case at Bolton. No. Yeah. Did you get to see any of the? Um alternative commentary videos and if you were searching through youtube <laughs> I, I didn't see them when i was searching when i was coming but i've seen them from not last year maybe the season before yeah i've seen some of them yeah <laughs> you, you'll have to remind me chris you'll know what what was what was george's uh name i, I forget him to be honest that's a really good question that's a really good question that does anybody out in the uh in the chat know who what Jono was, was referred to by Johnny Wanderer, uh, what Jono was referred to as by Johnny Wanderer. My personal favourite was uh, um, Dapple's B-Tech Acocha. That was definitely my favourite one. Dave yeah. Claridge's Love Child, I quite liked. Oh, Thomas, sure. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, obviously, and obviously MJ's Messiah <laughs> Jesus, yeah. which still sticks to this day. But yeah. somebody, will know, somebody will know in the chat. Somebody will know. Of course they will. Of course they will. So, thinking about well, your first game as a Wanderer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at home, 3 yeah. all, MK Dons. It was a mad old day. I, yeah. rem I remember it really well. Obviously, the result was was a free, free score. Baps yeah. getting the equaliser at the end. End of August, it was peeing it down with rain. It was a really, really weird game. Yeah. But what, when you walked out that day, yeah, for the first time, what was going through your head, 
and did that change throughout the game? What were your thoughts at the end? Um, I don't really remember walking out at all, but I remember the week before that we had Blackburn at home and I think we had only about 4,000 fans on it and I felt a buzz walking out for that game sort of thing. So I knew like the week after, you know, I was checking the attend- attendances online, refreshing yeah. Twitter and the fans keeping updated sort of thing. I think, I don't know what it was. It might have been around 18,000 or something. So I was just buzzing for it. Yeah. And then during the game, I just remember I, I felt like, all right, I'm doing good here. I've just nearly put a cross onto Doyle's head sort of thing. And I think the ball's just come back then to um, Matt Jilks and he's, he's, he's passed it out to me and I've brought it under control and then tried to take take the centre mid on and he's tackled me they've gone and scored and I thought like oh no and then thinking I didn't need that on my debut you know um, but then about, line, yeah two minutes later I've cleared one off the line yeah, and yeah. I thought right I'm back I'm back my head screwed on again so and then yeah it was just a cra- crazy game and crazy ending he did his best to he did he did his best to miss that back to the end. Didn't he? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you watch it back. It's only because it was raining that he finished. I'm sure he slipped. Yeah, on the wet pitch. But <laughs> it just, was proper boxing, weren't it? Proper oh, boxing, Terrible. It just reminds me, actually, Jono, thinking about talking about you coming out of the tunnel. This this isn't something we had on the questions, but um, obviously you were infamous for walking out last. Yeah. What was um, all that about? Is that a psychological thing? What what's what's all that about? Not really. Um, I think just one day it just sort of happened, and then I think I had a good game, and then from then on I just said, right, I'm at the back unless anyone desperately wants it, and then um, I think Dion tries to get it off me a little bit, but he, I told him he can have it this season whilst I'm injured. But, but yeah, it's it's not it's not a massive thing in my head. Um, it's just something that. Just kind of happened, and no one really yeah. wanted it. But I think I think Dion liked it now because he must have scored when he was at the back once. I think uh, at any level playing football, football people who play football are very superstitious, aren't they? Is that basically yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have super superstitions, but that that isn't really one of them. I wouldn't mind being right. being in the middle of the pack compared to the back. What, what are, are they then, Um. Well, this might sound weird and I get absolutely hammered from the lads for it, but um, I kind of like look in each direction. So I look to the left, up, right, down and then cross-eyed and I kind of, I, I tell the lads, like stretching my eyes out, but I just think it helps my peripheral vision and helps me see stuff on the pitch. But the lads absolutely hammer me for it. But especially MJ, MJ. You, look, always you actually look cross-eyed. Yeah, I just help, I, I just, it's just in my head that it helps me see things better on the pitch. You could, do it <laughs> you could do it against some kind of scientific proof on that and just show yeah. them that you know, it's true. Like, read that type of thing. Yeah. That's mad. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, isn't it? I've never heard that. <laughs> I was expecting him to say, like, oh, I'll put my left shin pad left on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, left, my left stuff's first as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that. just thinking back to that, your first season with us, John, um, how would you sum it up? You, you seem to make like massive progress over that season. And was there anything that kind of aided that progression or did it just, because you just fit in so well, it just made it easier? Yeah, I think, I think I started well and then I had a bit of a dip in form and then came out of the team, in and out of the team a little bit. And then I think when we went to the three, um, I'm not saying this is just because we went to the three, but it just kind of coincided with my return to form. I think we, we switched to the three um, against Ipswich at home. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to win. And then we won 2-0. And then 
Shrewsbury away 1-0 and Sunderland home 6-0 and it was just like a snowball effect and then, you know, we're just growing confidence as well as everyone else from that. Um, and then I finished the season stronger, yeah. Are you comfortable playing across the, th the three, John or? Um, no, I definitely prefer, well, I could play the right, but it would be unnatural, you know, um, it's everything. It's from opening up to play on my right, I'd probably be coming back more inside if I was on the right and defending yeah. and more suited to defending with my right foot closer to the attacker um yeah. whereas if I'm on the right side it would be the opposite way it kind of feel a bit unnatural but yeah definitely the further left I mean I played center a few times last season yeah. has uh, everyone just spotted Marcus's question in the chat sorry John no, that was so rude of us but we, we, we've just had the most <laughs> random question from the most random of people <laughs> and you I can't was, I was it, really obviously. enjoying what John was saying <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> Is it Marcus from Bolton? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got yeah. Yeah. tomorrow anyway. So he pops up all the time, you know what I mean? He? Like... He's a nuisance, isn't he? <laughs> he he's asked you if you uh if you enjoy watching Inside Match Day. <laughs> well, it's on Wondrous TV now, and I've not got a subscription, so no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, you have to pay John O's fiver, otherwise he's not watching you, mate. Yeah. Did he not give it you for free? Well, Definitely not. Marcus actually sent me a, um, a login for it, but yeah, I've not opened his message yet. So to, to answer your question, Marcus, he doesn't enjoy it as much as he obviously thinks he does. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, before... John, sorry, Ben. So you, 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 you're all right, right essentially. Obviously, you prefer left. Yeah. You're not yeah. a master, right? What I was going to say to you is, is that for me just shows how good. Owen Tall is because yeah. when he played the other day, he literally looked like he were a left hooker and he was yeah. playing obviously. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like he's somewhere yeah. else, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite close with Tolly, and he texted me straight after the game saying, uh, did my left foot look bad? And I said, No, it actually looked natural to be fair. So yeah, it's for him, obviously he came back against Middlesbrough yeah. and was fantastic as well, centrally. And then when I seen that he would be playing left. Other day, I was like, all right, fair dues. And then he was just obviously seamless, weren't he? Like, yeah, so, exactly. So, a good, interesting take, even though we've just been interrupted, but never mind. It's just Colin. Yes. Colin's fault this time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, the king of interrupting is just calling out for interrupting. My bad. Sorry, Marcus. Just before we get into our previous guest question, we're going to run through a couple more viewer questions because we've had some good ones in. Yeah. Um, so Andrew has asked, uh, do you prefer attacking or defending? And if you were to choose, would you rather uh, ha get a game-winning goal line clearance or a game-winning assist? Um, I prefer defending. Um, I think you can kind of see that when I play. I kind of... Not as attacking as, say, if Geffen's on the other side, um, I think it's because he's more of a natural full-back and I'm more of a natural centre-back, so, it, you know, the balance works quite well and, you know, I don't mind doing the, the ugly side of the game. And then probably, a, if you said goal-winning, I mean, a game-winning goal, I would have said that, but because it's an assist, I'll probably say the clearance off the line. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You're, um, from an attacking um, perspective, though, George, got to say, your you game again, you know, we're talking about before, has come on yeah, from an aggressive part of you. I feel that it's come on again from an attacking perspective as well. Before you went, it was obviously coming on leaps and bounds. Is, yeah. is that something you worked on? Or? Yeah, something just, I think sometimes you just got to 
relax because some people get in the final third and then you know the brain just goes a million miles an hour but if you just take a step step back mentally and just think right I'm higher up the pitch but it just kind of remains the same sort of thing and just be patient and find find the pass sort of thing you know I'm not the one that has to make something happen um I've just got to find the right pass to put someone in a position um yeah, yeah that's all really yeah I was uh, on against Derby the other day when Rico was on the edge of the day. I was like, mm, he's not, he's a bit unnatural yeah. for this fellow. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's like for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've had one more from uh, David, and he said, I think this is probably on reflection against Derby when their keeper gets sent off. But if anyone outfield had to go in there, who's uh, who's putting on the gloves? I think, I think when I was playing, it would have been me, but. I didn't, it wasn't ever confirmed because they don't really want to manifest it. No. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but now I, I have no idea. I've not asked a question and I probably won't get the answer even if I did ask the question. Um, but I, I don't know. People say Demps would be a good keeper, but you know, he's not, he's not as tall. So I, I don't know. I don't know. He's springy though. Yeah. He's got a spring. Yeah. Hell of a lot. Fantastic. And uh, just to close off, we we did this thing where the previous guest will leave a question for the next guest. And obviously our previous guest was MJ, so he's left a question for you. Uh, and he's asked, what is the best moment that you've shared with MJ whilst at Bolton? Um, there's a couple that stick out in my mind. There's, um, when we played Sunderland away the first year I was, I was here, I think, um, yeah, we got beat 1-0, but, you know, I think we kind of fall over and we deserve to get something out of the game. But after about after about five minutes, I think Joel Dixon went down and he had to change his shorts and then all their crowd were up and it was a massive roar. And me and MJ looked at each other and went, like, this is this is loud. This is some good atmosphere today. Mm-hmm. And that sticks out in our minds. Um, we always talk about that. But then there was another time when, I can't remember who it was, it was last season, I think MJ was in his own half, but he was trying to clear it. And he's tried to do an overhead kick, but he's kicked the ball in his face and he's put their striker through on goal. And I've had to bail him out. And I've, all, I've always wanted <laughs> him about that ever since. <laughs> They're the two that stick out there. <laughs> I thought this would be something really like smushy. No. no. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, just <laughs> it's just banned everything. Just a couple of lads, isn't it? Yeah. Just a couple of lads, but yeah. Yeah. And just before we close off, we have, of course, got a special announcement. I don't really know why I called it an announcement. It's more becoming routine now. Uh, so if you haven't oh, already I wonder heard... what it was. Yeah, I did as well. If you haven't already heard, uh, Eco Warm Windows are our sponsor for the 2023-24 season. So a huge shout out to Eco Warm Windows for for helping us out. If you want to find out more about our sponsors, the rest of them, and what Eco Warm do, then you can head over to our website, which is www.thefanzonepod.co.uk, and find out everything you need to know over there. But I think that brings our episode to a close. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it, and thanks for firing your questions across. But, of course, a massive thank you to to you, Jono, for, for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. No, not a problem. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Thank you. And we will catch you all in the next one. Take care. <laughs>